You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 96 of the Team Stripes Podcast, proudly presented by Acme Whistles, helping you make the big call since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunderer is now available in matte black. Acme Whistles, proudly associated with the NHL since 1917. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Ross. How are you this week? Uh, dude, I'm good. Playoff beard, got to got, gets to stay. Lightning with the big 4 nothing win last night. Uh, it was a fun game to watch. Lots going on in the hockey world. Just ready to get at it for the podcast today. Yeah, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, first and foremost, we have to talk about the John Tavares, I guess, incident, we'll call it. Um, he took a nasty knee to the head, leaves the game on a stretcher. He ends up with a concussion. Um, and he skated today. Yeah, he just got back today. He skated today with, I believe, I don't know who it was, but it was another. Uh, if, it were, if it were me, there's no way we would see him again in the playoffs, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good that he's back skating. I mean, concussions for some people take a week. Some people, they take two months. Some, they yeah, take a year. Just, so It was an un- unfortunate incident. Corey Perry, his head and Corey Perry's knee were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, Corey Perry tried to jump. Uh, there was a collision at the blue line. Perry tried to jump over him and just knee to the head. Like, no yeah, penalty. It's it just wasn't- a hockey play gone bad. Yeah, it wasn't Perry's fault. That's for damn sure. So that leads us to the first, I guess, story that I want to talk about today is right after that, Perry was on the ice. Nick Foligno looks at him and says, we are settling this right now. They fight. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people didn't like the fight because it wasn't, you know, I mean, Perry didn't have to answer the bell for anything. He, He truly didn't. He didn't do anything wrong. It was just a hockey play gone wrong. I, I guess I kind of just want to hear your thoughts on that one. Um, I mean, yeah, it was obviously it was an accident. Um, but at the time, like maybe Felino didn't feel like it was an accident. So it's just it's the code, you know, something goofy like that happens, um, penalty or not, accident or not, like you're gonna go with a guy like, hey, we gotta fight. And honestly, it. It very it, it helps settle the situation down. Um, after the fight, no one's going to take a run at Perry because you know he he does answer the bell. Okay, yeah, I'll fight you just because you know it's just it is what it is. Like now, if he doesn't fight him there, we have bigger problems. It's just one of those things. Like it's the code. Does that make sense? No, and, and I definitely don't agree with that. And and originally, that's how I looked at it. The more I thought about it, I mean, this is a playoff hockey and we're talking about, I think it was game mm-hmm. two it happened in. I want to say it was game two or game three. And I mean, like, the thing is, is like every guy just watched uh, John Tavares get stretchered off the ice. Yeah. He was laying on the ice. I mean, he had 10, no idea which minutes. way was up, what his name was. No. And so it's one of those things where in a playoff game, you got to, be able to get going from the get-go. I think that fight was more so of a, hey, let's get everybody back locked in on this game because it was yeah. it was a big game. Well, I mean, it's a playoff game. And when you think about it, too, an incident like that happens, both teams are like, uh, we have to play hockey again? Yep. And, I mean, like, to, to me, the fight just kind of, like, 
it sent the message of like, hey, we still have a hockey it, game to play. Yeah, made it a hockey game again. Yeah, and I mean, both guys at the end of the game, fully, full, Nick Foligno said like he was like, hey, like we just felt we needed to settle it. Perry had no issues with it. Perry was like, hey, you know what? It happens at hockey, but I still have to answer the bell. Yep. So well, and, I, and and that's it. Like let's like in cases like that, or and not necessarily even just a sit where any kind of accident or just big hit or whatever. Like it's with the league police itself. You know, let these players, these guys know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, the thing with Perry on Tavares, it's it's an accident. Like it just unfortunately it happened. It's not like Perry went out of his way because trust me, if Perry went out of his way. Everybody hit Tavares in the head with that knee. It would have been a very long night. Yeah, I mean, um, everybody would have known if he did that. Yeah, and he would have gotten suspended and all of that. So, but you know, things like that show that the code is still alive and well. It, it's a good thing for the game that these guys know that they have to answer the bell for things, even when they don't necessarily have to. Cause like that wasn't something that you would really think cause it was an accident, but at the same time it got everybody back in the flow of the game. It settled the game down. Um, guys aren't worried about it. it. It just, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's just one of those things. That, and we did see a bunch of uproar about it of like, Oh, he didn't have to fight. He didn't have to fight. No, Perry did not have to fight there, but in yeah. my opinion, that fight's the right thing to do right then and there. As you said, settles everything down, and it just it, it made it that much easier and better for everybody, I yeah. think. I was going to say, because we ha- I have the clip right in front of me, why don't we go to the other end of the spectrum on basically another headshot, this one being on purpose. Mm-hmm. So last week we recorded Wednesday, and then after our episode we had the Blues Avalanche game. And Nazem Kadri just delivers a nasty hit to the head mm-hmm. um, on a St. Louis Blues player. Uh, I will say kudos to, I think it was Shandor um, Alfonso. Um, oh, it might have been 94. Who got Ryan Galloway, I think. Sorry if I'm messing up these numbers, but the linesmen immediately identify the hit and um, like go right to him. Like before the whistle had even blown, there was a linesman on Kadri. There was a linesman and a referee. Yep. Do you want to pull up the clip? So right yeah, now? it was it was Shandor. Okay. So I, I give him a ton of credit. Great job um, here. And here's what I'm gonna do. I'll go ahead and. I was going to say, pull them up, and we'll just start running through. I'll just do my share screen. Here we go. Okay, awesome. So we're going to see the hit loop again here in a second. So Kadri with the big hit. And then, okay, here it is. Now watch the linesman and the referee just collapse on the play. Like, okay, here we go. Like, when you have a situation like that, especially as a linesman, if you get to that guy before anybody else does, it is going to make getting everyone out of there and getting that guy to the box or off the ice so much easier. If Shandor doesn't identify that hit there and just kind of like, eh, like, and doesn't go, 
we have a big problem, but kudos to him and whoever that back referee was. I'm not sure. Um, I'm trying to see who it was. I can't pick up a number there. No. Um, just kudos to them for collapsing down on the play. Like, hey, we got it. We got it. He's ours. Like, no Blues player got to Kadri first to get in that cheap shot, start a line brawl, whatever. So the guys on the ice did their job on this play. Good job, boys. Um, oh, it was number six. That's um, – shoot, is that Francis Sharon? Potentially, I think that's yeah, I think that's strong. Um, anywho, the boys did a great job. It, it gets nine or eight game suspension. I think he's supposed to have a hearing today about it. Yeah, it was an eight game suspension handed down from the league. Um, yeah, I was honestly expecting a five gamer just because okay, I understand it's the playoffs. And then if that's the regular season, I'm saying 10 games, no doubt, no questions. Mm -hmm. The reason I say five is just take him out of the first round. No, really, you know, like there's no issues for the rest of the playoffs because one, one of those teams is advancing Um, eight games. I am a O a okay with Yep. just because I mean, like it was that vicious. It was a straight headshot. Yeah, um, it, it was. It was just. It's bad. Like we and, can't. We can't have that hit. The boys did a great job getting in there, getting the call right. Yeah, Three. it was. It was called immediately on the ice as a illegal check to the head. They reviewed it, and they ended up calling it a match for a legal check to the head, which yeah, to me is the absolute perfect call. Kadri's a repeat offender. Yep, he's got a rap sheet when it comes to the playoffs because it's Kadri. Yep. But yeah, especially on the the high referee and and the linesman that was close. The, yeah, to the, the high play, referee and the near side linesman just did a hell of a job collapsing on. They and then the the, line the, the far the far side linesman too getting over there. Oh, he was he did. was right in there by the whistle. Yeah, and and I mean yep. that's just, the, that's the difference between you have a line brawl on your hands or you just have a scrum because everybody knows yep. there's going to be something after this. But yep. if you have a referee and a linesman, and then the second linesman is right there, mm-hmm. then all these players are going to go, hey, you know what? The ref has it. We had to skate by this referee with his arm in the air, more yep. than likely yelling at us, hey, I got this penalty. I got this penalty. I got this penalty. Yep. Well, and it's just a perfect example of what we're supposed to do. Yep. After we have a hit like that. 1, okay, we, we pick it up, boom, arms in the air, linesman's like, okay, I got to go to this guy right now. The thing is, is that... And even if the whistle hasn't blown yet, no, I'm, you've got to go right to there. that guy. No, like, the, the, the biggest thing here, and I think it's the biggest teaching tool ever, is when there's a player like that, remove him, get him as far away as possible. So, like, for me, if, if I'm that linesman, I'm already down there. By the time the whistle yep. blows, I'm grabbing Kadri and I'm saying, hey, we're getting the fuck out of here because yep. you are going to die. Yep. And, and I mean, they did a good job of it. I love how the the back referee, um, as the players are skating in, he's got his arm up. He's like, whoa, I got it. I got yep. it. And nothing else came of it but the mate, but the mass penalty. Like there was no other penalties called as a result of the play. Yeah, because I mean, so, St. Louis goes in there because they have to protect the guy. I understand that, yeah. but when the referee has it, there's no point in. Yep. There's no. He's point like, hey guys, hey guys, I got it, I got it, I got yeah, it. Yeah, I guarantee you, saying you're getting a five minute PP, you're getting a five minute mm-hmm. PP. Like, he's saying something. So, 
All right, let's uh, let's go to another one here. I, I like the, this clip. This is a play we don't see much. The clipping call. The clipping call. So we get one a one game suspension. Like he doesn't even try to hit the trunk of the body, which the, which is the term USA hockey uses, which is top of the knees to the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to go straight shoulder right to the knees. He's really, it looks like he's trying to flip him. Like if any of you guys remember the old like style hip check where you'd get low enough to flip the guy. I was going to say, it looks like a really poorly timed hip check. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's diving in with his shoulder though. 100%. But like originally he's up a little bit high enough, but Mm -hmm. then, yeah, I mean his shoulders. Yeah. Then he's just like, I'm going to go low and put my shoulders in your knees. Uh, was the Jets player injured on the play? I could not tell you. I didn't watch that game. Fair enough. I didn't either. So. There was better playoff hockey going on. Yeah. Speaking of, like, I just, I still can't believe that the Oilers swept the Jets. Yeah, we'll get to or that. Or the Jets I'll... swept the Oilers. Sorry. Yeah. We'll get to that later, though. Yeah. But yeah, no, this clip, uh... easy clipping call. I mean, one game suspension. Loved it. Okay. I'm trying to think. Let's see. What do we have here? Goal, no goal. I have a goal. So I do too. The NHL said no. Really? Yeah. Because he's not in the crease. Oh no, his foot was in the crease. Okay. His yeah. Looking at it again, his left seventeen's uh, left foot is in the crease. Mark Andre Fleury is trying to establish position, and his him being in the crease prevents him from doing so. So yeah, okay. On second look and reviewing it, I can agree with the no goal call here. Live, I can understand why they called a goal. To me, it's a really tough one because he's okay. Yeah, he's a fraction in the crease for a hot mm-hmm. second, but Flurry, and I would say 95% of NHL goaltenders are smart enough to know that if they come out right to the tippy top of yeah. the crease. Well, Carey Price play. is guilty of that all the damn time. Exactly. They know they'll get that call. Yeah, And so this is kind of one of those ones where it's like, hey, who really impacted who here? Did and Flurry skate out all the way to his tippy top of the crease mm-hmm. so he could purposely make contact? Well, and in that case, too, like if we're watching it, Flurry's not even tracking the puck anymore. No. Like he's got no clue right here. He has no clue where the puck went. He just goes straight to the top of the crease and goes, oh, I was interfered with. Yeah. And it's like – were you, or did you put yourself in that bad spot? Well, and it, it's one of those things. Goalie interference is um, some nights we know what it is. Other nights we don't. It's yeah. like, but I will say the, the NHL has gotten very consistent as far as calling it goes, because they have the same few guys making the determination. Mm-hmm. The guys on the ice, you know, they can, they, they're only doing so much with the call. Like, if it's flagrant, they're going to wave it off. But if it's something like this, you're not going to catch something that subtle. I, I do wish, though, they would maybe rewrite the rules so that if the goaltender puts himself in that bad Yeah, spot, if the goalie initiates contact. Because here's the thing, and, and, and this goes back probably a few years, the NHL wants to increase scoring, right? Yeah. The best way to increase scoring is to give more players that little bit more of leeway, especially at the top of the crease. I feel like we give goaltenders yeah. – a lot of wiggle room yeah. 
And especially well, the National Hockey League, they're smart enough to use that wiggle yeah, room to their advantage like Flurry does. Watching watching this clip, Flurry clearly initiates contact. Exactly. And I think it should be if the goaltender initiates the contact, it's a goal. Yeah. I mean, you now are- if you're in the crease though and you prevent the goalie from doing their job, we're gonna have no goal. But Correct, but this so is this is this where one's it gets kind ish. of a that's a this one's a tough one because he is in the crease. But his his skate right, really impacting it. Like right there, he is in the crease. But is his skate really impacting it? Because Flurry could have come yeah, out. Yeah, but his but I'm not talking about just his skate, like his body is in because remember the goal crease is a three-dimensional box. Yep, it goes all the way up. Well, it, go, it goes up to the top of the crossbar there. So like his butt is preventing flurry from scoring a goal. My thing is that I think if flurry stopping the goal, if flurry cuts out a smidget to the left, Mm -hmm. it's not. Well, you mean to his right. So nope. To his left. To his left. If because flurry pushed out to the right purposely, because he knew that's where the block was going to come from, because it was going to be a left-handed shot. If he's, if he's further over to the left, he has no chance in the world of stopping the puck because it comes over from his right. Fair. So. It's it's definitely one of those tricky ones where I think it should be a goal because I think Flurry initiates the contact more mm-hmm. so than anything. Now, if I think um, I, Marcus I'm, Molino, I'm just looking at it from like the way the rule is, and like at, fir- at first look, I'm like, oh man, that's a goal. But then when I look at it again, which is what we have the luxury of, you know, with replay, when you look at it again. By the way, the rule is in, in the National Hockey League. That is, that's not a goal. Mm-hmm. I I certainly agree that, so. unfo- like by the rule book, it's not. I just, I think yeah. it's something that they need to not necessarily change the rule of, but tweak the wording potentially. Yeah, just to I give mean, that's, more like that's that what that's something for the GMs to decide, not us referees. Hundred <laughs> percent. But give, I think, give more players a little bit of leeway at the top. Yeah, and, and I, I think we'll see less. Oh, is, oh, this is the obvious charge. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just In, in USA him. Hockey, I should say. USA Hockey, easy charge, 210. He left his feet. Yeah. I mean, heck, you could even argue five game, like, if he if he hits him in the head. I, I don't think he did. I think he got on, like, shoulder, chest area. Yeah, it looks like his hands go to the top of his chest. Yeah. But I what, mean, it was, what I'm it was saying is in, close. in youth hockey – and you thought you jump and charge a guy like that and go hands to the head, easy five game call. You thought that's, I mean, either way, that's an easy two and ten, and you thought he, for charge. Uh, pro hockey, I mean, I, I think they make the right call here. You can't jump at people. No. Like think about the momentum. Like that guy weighs probably at least two hundred pounds. Yeah. So like you're just creating you're turning yourself into a missile at that point to just you know and you have no control over your body because you're i want to say did he get suspended or did he get a hearing i'm not sure because i know i i I remember reading somewhere and i should probably know this but orloff had a hearing i Mm want to say but i don't mean that that one's just kind of a no-brainer there 100 percent. i mean Um, can't leave your feet to make a hit colton i mean Either way on this one, right? So, well, so youth hockey, let's put on our USA hockey caps here. 
I, I think you can go 210 for a charge. And and that was my thinking too, because he, okay, he makes zero attempt to even shy away from the goaltender. Yeah. I would have I would have absolutely no problem going 210 for a charge on this. Yep. Strictly because of the what's going to be the outcome of it. 100%. Now, again, youth hockey. You know, NHL, minor penalty, goalie interference. That's what the minor's for. Um, you're, it's now obviously if Tuka Rask gets injured there, different story. Mm-hmm. But you know, minor penalty, goalie interference, whatever. Like Chason knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, but everybody knows where the blue paint is on the ice. It's just never. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I say two ten charge youth hockey. Yeah, youth hockey all day because again the outcome of that in a youth game is oh you hit my goalie. And oh, I mean you can go. even make. You can even make the argument of like he jumped into it. No, he did jump into it. I mean, so, now he's gonna say, "Oh, I jumped to avoid the hit or the mm-hmm. goaltender." But it's like, well, why the hell are you that dude? You left your feet. Your paint? shoulder ended up in his mask. So. Yeah, like why are you that far into the blue paint? You mm-hmm. you should know better. I agree. But yeah, I I just thought charging in in us in youth hockey and then you know juniors and up. Yeah, just goaltender interference, two minute minor. Yeah, this is the nice little slew foot on stall that if, if you look I, at the low, I, look at I the low know. referee and he's saying it's a collision. I'm not calling that one. Why not? I just I, I I'm leaving that alone. There's, it looks two guys are battling. The Carolina player's a little off balance. He kind of spins on him. I, I think we leave that one alone. Like and and the view of the view that the low referee here has of it. I just I, I and I, I like him, you know, saying basically, you know, hey, I saw it. I'm not calling that. I think it's just it's just a battle. Like guys are now we go down the ladder, we go into the youth hockey stuff. Yeah, sure, let's do it. But at the pro level, I'm I'm okay with them not calling that penalty, especially in the playoffs. I wouldn't mind just to see a trip there just because it is still yeah. a dangerous play. Like, um, I'm, I'm not saying in the National Hockey League make I, this a five game or suspend or yeah. anything like that. I think it should, should be a minor penalty, tripping, like go up to him and be like, dude, what yeah. are you doing? Like, I get, like, I get it's the playoffs. I understand that, but the rule book mm-hmm. doesn't change for the playoffs. Well, I, I think too, like the way he fell, the way he went down had a lot to do with the referee probably not calling the penalty there because, like, he goes down on his hip. And then hits his upper back first. Mm-hmm. Now, if he goes down and cracks his head on the ice, I think we have a different outcome. Now, the other argument, the more I watch it, is you can say eleven on Nashville initiated that contact. Yeah. The more yep. the more I'm watching it, you can say okay. Well, and he got and the Carolina player just got muscled him. Exactly. So so the argument is now yep. is you say okay, well here's what I can do. I can either call two penalties. I can call a trip on Carolina and an interference on you. Yeah. Or I go, hey, we're washed. We're well, washed. We play five on just, five. Yeah. And, it, and when you see this, like that national player is a stronger skater than that, too. Like he goes off balance way too easy. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I'm OK with not calling the penalty there. Youth hockey, probably different story. I think you go trip um, at least. OK, so I'm sure everybody saw my who is in the Facebook group, saw my post about this last night. Um. This play is a perfect example of why we as linesmen need to hustle on icings. The, the, the replay doesn't here. show it super well. 
Um, yeah, I'm just looking for the long angle of the rink. It's All right, up, so back linesman. We got his arm up. Front linesman, you saw his leg there. He was at the blue line, so each linesman was on their blue line. As soon as he put his arm up, that linesman started going. Because mm-hmm. um, Tyler Johnson here was behind the Panthers forward and accelerated faster than the the Panthers player. And because of the difference in speed, obviously Johnson wins the race to the dot. But let's say it was even a little closer. If in hybrid icing we're chasing and we see, hey, the attacking player's got more wheels than the defending player, he's going to blow by him. Wait till he blows by him and then we're waving it off. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is determine who would who would get that puck first without actually having the touch. And in this case, we have Tyler Johnson fly by the Panthers player, swing around the net, and the Lightning score a, a goal off it. And I, I posted a picture. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the Facebook group of the linesman. Yep. So here he is right here. Soon as that puck gets shot, he takes his quick stride. He's, he's even crossed over there, and he's going because he sees okay. Tyler Johnson could win this race, and then so now we're tied here at the top of the circles. Two more strides, and Tyler Johnson's gone. Yep. So and- in that case, and the linesman is just off the screen here, probably a little above the top of the circle. And he follows the play down and he gives a nice big washout. He is at the bottom of the faceoff circle with the washout. Perfect. So, like when I saw that play and I saw him down there washing that out, I was so freaking pumped. Like, as a linesman, that's like, oh, yeah. See, you can see there right is, there. Yeah. Um, the, the best part about this is, is nobody can argue that call. No, because not right a spot. single soul can argue that call because you can say, Hey, you know what? I'm there. down at the bottom of the circle. Yep. Like, how, how do you how do you argue that? Yep. I have the and best angle on this play. Granted, we're not playing um touch anymore, so like we're not having to be right there, but at the same time, like play like it is touch icing still. Uh, when you're when you're a linesman, like get there. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just so like, man, I was like, oh man, that's perfect. That's why as linesmen, we, we got to hustle on these plays like this. Let's see if I can catch him in the frame again. He's okay, going yeah. to the second round just for that wave off. hundred <laughs> percent. He's moving on because some supervisor <laughs> saw that and went, well, nobody can argue it because yep. every Florida player kind of started to look around and they all saw where the linesman was and was like, well, yep. can't argue well, this one. Yep, and it was it was pretty clear, yeah, that Tyler Johnson did beat beat him to the hash marks or to the dot or whatever. It, but it know. was it was definitely a lot closer. Yep, and a lot. And it's just of one ball. of those things. Like as linesmen, I think that was it for the flips. Yeah, yeah, that's all of it. As linesmen, we have to bust our ass. Hundred percent. Like just because don't think of just lining is up. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to skate around, call some offsides, call some icing, whatever. No. Like, as a linesman, you can have as big of a call washing out an icing or washing out an offside or calling an offside. 
that has just as much of an effect on the play as any call that a referee is going to make. And here's the best part about it is, is when I was younger getting like going up into junior hockey, I was always told as a linesman, you shine on icings and after the play. Mm -hmm. And if you can shine on an icing, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Well, well, it does. I mean, it does. It does matter. Like, if you're getting down there and showing your work ethic and hustling, like oh, that's what that's what sets you apart from from the other guy. That's like, what's if gonna if take him to a cup final. And, yeah, versus... if it's between me and Brendan moving on in the playoffs, and me and him are working together, and you know Brendan's skating his tail off, and I'm just going out there, the gray old veteran that I am, ah. That's not ice, mm-hmm. you know, not skating hard, whatever. Brendan's going to the next round and I'm going to play golf. And I, and I think that brings up a really good topic of, especially in the national hockey league, the absolute little minuscule shit is what sends you to the next round. It's yep. things like that, that send you to the next round that get you to the cup final because. Yep. Well, that's not just the NHL. That's every league. That's everywhere. A hundred percent, but especially in the national hockey league where the difference between making it to the next round and not yeah it's generally but one the or difference two between referee a and referee b and linesman a and linesman b like we're talking one guy chased down an icing one the guy other did. guy didn't yep one guy you know was in really good position to make a good goal call and the other guy was a little out of position and had to rely on replay 100 percent. like that's that's what it comes down to so and that will that and you know experience and everything else, but I, I think uh this play is just a perfect example of why as lines when we have to work hard. And then to build off this play, Tampa obviously goes up one nothing in that that yep. clip. They end up winning game, I think that was game six, correct? Game six. Yes, that was game six. So they end up winning game six, four nothing to win the series against the Panthers, four to two. Um Ross, you were expecting a sweep, if I remember correctly. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I was hoping for a sweep. I wasn't expecting it. I was just – I thought it would happen. But, the, you know, I give the Panthers a lot of credit. They're building a decent pro team down there. So here's they, my issue. They really just need to build, get the fans to show up is really the biggest thing with them. I don't think they necessarily lost this series because of anybody on their roster. I think they were out coached this series in the goaltending department. Well, goaltending was their Achilles heel. Exactly. I mean, you used three different goaltenders. That's a red flag. Like, and you've paid Bob all that money to come in and stink up the place and sit on the bench. Like, man. To- to me, it was it was a very, very, very rare blunder from Quinville. Quin Quin Quinville. I well, can't he say his name. Get, he doesn't usually get out coach. Like he exactly. What he's doing. And the and thing it, is, is I th- it boiled down to the Lightning forwards were able to expose all three of their goalies. Yep, the I, I think goalies. he hit the panic button on Bobrovsky a smidgen mm-hmm. early. Well, but too though, like. When you look at that series, like the Tampa Bay, I posted this on my personal page. The Tampa Bay Lightning power play is a cheat code. Oh, it's you can't give if them I'm any. Victor Hedman, I'm Victor Hedman standing at the point. I have Stamkos over here. I have Kucherov over here. Both of them, they probably have the two best one-timers in the league. 
Besides maybe Ovechkin. Okay. Yeah. So then, all right, now as a goalie, I got to worry about that. But now they also have the slap pass option mm-hmm. where Hedman sends it to Cooch. He slap passes it to Braden Point, and Point's got a wide open net because the goalie's biting on Kucherov. Or in the case where I think it was game three, we had a slap pass that went from Kucherov to Kalorn, who just empty net. Taps in. Just tapped it in. Like it, their power play is a cheat code. Um, and the Panthers just had absolutely no answer for it. And we knew the, that series was going to have a lot of penalties in it. Oh, 100%. So we need to talk about the remaining series. So Yeah, do have, you want to move on to Hurricanes and Nashville? Because that's who Tampa Bay's waiting on. Yeah, so Tampa's waiting on Hurricanes and Nashville. I, I think, uh, I think what, tonight's game? Tonight's yeah. game six. Game six. Hurricanes I think, can wrap it I up. Think, I think the, the Hurricanes – uh, wrap it up tonight. Well, if you want to follow the trend of the series, this one's going seven because no team has won on the road yet. Oh, okay. Because Carolina went two and zero at home, and everybody was like, "Yep, this is what we expected. We're gonna have a sweep." Yeah. And then, and then Nashville went two and zero at home. Yeah, but I think they did it in a double overtime on both games. I believe. Okay. So, well, I mean, then in that case, I got Nashville winning tonight in double overtime too. Why yeah. not? Right. I well. <sighs> Well, if if they need a boost too, they could they could call up uh, Mike Fisher's wife and have her sing the national anthem oh. tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't disagree, but I mean, I bring think out Carrie Underwood. Let's go. I think we were all very surprised that this one's going six, though. Yeah, I, I was expecting a four or five. Give Nashville one game. Yeah, um, I think Toronto's gonna finally get past the first round of the playoffs. Is that tonight the first they have time a chance? Since- yeah, for the yeah, first so time. Toronto since has the chance tonight, uh, Thursday, if you're listening to it, hopefully. Um, they have a they're up three one against Montreal. They've after game one, I mean, they've put on a clinic yeah. against Montreal. They've put on an absolute clinic of how to play hockey. Um they yeah. are they're the best team in Canada. You know what? I think the Jets are. The Jets we'll see. The Jets are sitting around after beating the Edmonton Oilers in a nice little four nothing sweep. I know. I just I, that I don't know what McJesus has to do. Uh, I just don't. I, him. I I think uh, it's going to turn in at some point in Edmonton. We're going to end up with a Jack Eichel type situation, and that Buffalo has. He's gonna. He's. I think at some point McDavid's going to be enough's enough. They need a true starting one goaltender that's not 40 yeah. years of age. Well, yeah. Because Mike Smith is a great goaltender. I have no yeah. issues with Mike great Smith. Great goaltender, good dude. Just he's, Just he's, he's, on, 40, he's on the wrong side. Years old. He's on the wrong side of 40. Yeah. They, like, he played for the Lightning forever ago, it feels like. I, it, it probably was. But it, it's funny. Like, here's the thing about that series. Edmonton had a chance to go 2-1 down in the series. They were up 4-1 with, I believe it was 10 minutes left in the third period of game. And then they blew it. And then they blow it. And then they go and lose in overtime. Yeah. I think that was the... Straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, the final nail in the coffin, the the dagger, whatever you want to call it. Because, I mean, to lose like that and then go down 3-0 in the series, I mean, you might as well wrap it up. Game four was definitely competitive. We had triple overtime in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved 
watching that series. But here's the thing about the Winnipeg Jets is I think they are deeply underrated. They have a strong, strong, strong goaltender in Mr. Connor Hollebuck who can stop 40 shots in the game, or if you need him to, he can stop 25. Mm-hmm. They have a roster that can play a run and gun style of hockey, but at the same time, they can play a Boston Bruins, like we'll just beat the crap out of you style as well. And I yep. think come playoff time, those are the teams that win mm-hmm. because they can play any type of hockey you want. They can beat the ever living crap out of you for seven games yep. or they can pump you for four. And I think because it's, it, they're, they're it'll, be, it'll be a, a fun, a fun series to watch between the Leafs and the Jets. So here's, here's my question. Do they try and run and gun with the Leafs or do they just try and beat the crap out of them? Cause they can't run and gun with the Leafs. They don't have the skill. But I think they can shut them down because, I mean, they, they shut down McDavid. I think McDavid had, like, three points all series. Like, McDavid was non-existent, and that's because they shut him down. They had two guys yeah. on him at every single opportunity. And I think the Jets are going to be able to do that with Matthews and Marner and Nylander. I would not Makes be sense. surprised if the Jets came out of the North Division as the as the North Division champion or, or whatever they're calling it this year. Yeah. I would not be surprised at all. I think the Leafs are a good team. Jack Campbell is their starting goaltender. See you later, mm-hmm. Freddie Anderson. Jack Campbell is their goaltender. Yeah. But I just I don't think the Leafs have enough to get out of that second round. Fair enough. But hey, they made it out of the first round. Yep. And speaking of the uh the Western series, um Vegas is about to do it again. They're about to blow a 3-1 series lead again. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens tomorrow night there. And then round two starts on Saturday with a game with a potential game seven and a game six the same day. Well, if I love I, it. Yeah. So we'll have Boston and the Islanders game one Saturday and a possible Carolina Nashville game six. Or game seven, game seven, a yeah. possible Toronto Montreal game six. Which, if it happens, the Canadians are going to have fans in the stands. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's not going to happen though. That's disappointing and for then, the fans. Uh, Monday is the latest that the uh, Leafs and and Montreal will play. Yeah. So really quick, um, just brushing up. Boston beat the Caps four to one. I don't think anybody's surprised out of there. No. Samsonoff got hurt in game one. Just, I mean, look, Boston didn't look back. They won four straight. They're the Boston Bruins. The Islanders beating the Pens four to two. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think anybody's really surprised. That series is always a coin flip. It's always six or seven games. Mm-hmm. No, no real things there. Um, and then Colorado swept the uh, St. Louis Blues like they were nothing. And, yeah, and and they they really weren't a whole lot to watch. I mean, Colorado won four one six three five one five two. Yeah, they're waiting to either play Vegas or Minnesota. I mean, at this point, like Vegas, like come on, guys. Yeah, like, figure it out. How do you how do you blow a four one lead? Is my question. I mean, game five they lost four to two. Game six they lose three zero. I give it to Minnesota. They can play hockey. They're a good hockey team, but. Mm-hmm. Well, they believe in themselves. 100%. And that's, that's something you need this time of year. This game seven, though, is going to be either if you're 
a better, it's either going to be a stupid low, like one nothing score, or it's going mm-hmm. to be six five, and there's no in between. Well, I, I will say this: I, I think the um, the Wild need to hope that uh, Gore Dwyer gets assigned to their game because scouting the refs posted last night that the Wild are nine and one over the past two seasons when he's working. So they're just going to call Gordy up and be like, hey, <laughs> hey uh, bud. No, 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 not to, we're not, no, that's, that's not how it works. I'm just saying. It's one of those, this game? It's one of those funky stats that, um, uh, you know, scouting the refs likes to throw out there that the Wild are 9-1 and one under uh, in the last two seasons of having Gord as a referee. I, so. I love that. Oh, wait, no, I think that is, is that the game tonight? Hold on. Uh, game seven is Friday, May 28th. So tomorrow. Oh, okay. So last night they had Gord and TJ. Oh, for game six? Yeah, for game six. That game was wild, too, because it was 0 0 going into the third. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Minnesota was just like, yeah, we'll pump in three. Yep. Vegas just <laughs> hasn't looked all that great. It happens. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is a very weird team because we all think they should be really good. But at the mm-hmm. same time, that's their what, like fourth or fifth year of existence. Yeah. So like, it's growing pains. They've made the playoffs every year, which is yep, they have never but... done, never been done. But um, let's see. I think that that's got, it for me, man. Yeah, I mean, besides game, we already said round two, game one, Saturday night. Uh, for that series, I, oof, that's going seven. I have the Islanders. I don't know who I'm going to – I'm not – I'm honestly not picking either team. I just – I can't. They're both too equally matched, in my opinion, to to say this team over the other. I'm going to pick the Islanders in seven just because they can bore Boston to sleep. With yeah, their, with, I mean, Barry Trotz is such a great coach. Mm-hmm. I think they can just bore Boston to sleep now if Boston can score. I mean, different story, but Boston – I mean, Boston's Boston. They're always good. Yeah. Yep. But – I would love to see the Islanders come come out of the the second round there. Yep. Well, I I am ugh, man. I really can't wait to see the reseed that we're going to get after we get out of the divisional rounds. It, it, it's it's going to be bananas because like there's a potential of like the Lightning could play the Bruins for the Stanley Cup. Well, like, it's not even that. Is there could be. I mean, two Eastern teams playing against each other in the cup. There could be two West teams. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. It's going to be very – I'm curious how they're going to reseed it. Well, it's um, going to be by regular season standings. Okay. Uh, so I have, I have to look at that. I don't have them pulled up in front of so me. So, like, let's say um, – let's see here. If Carolina beats Nashville – I think the Lightning would then be the lowest remaining seed from the because the Lightning were a four seed, correct? But so they'd be the you would lo- have you would have a two seed. So like the Lightning could play Colorado in the conference finals. Oh man, this is going to be. So, I'm I am going to have to like sit there and like think about this so hard before next week's episode because we're gonna have to talk about it eventually yeah. probably. And I'm going to be sitting there just absolutely confused out of my mind trying to reseed these teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a next week issue, thankfully. Yeah, right. 
Um, that's all I got though for this week's episode. We have to thank our lovely sponsors at Hockey Ref Shop. Hockey Ref Shop is the official U.S. equipment supplier of Team Stripes. They carry a variety of referee products, including beginner packages, sweaters, pants, accessories, protective equipment, fun referee-themed products, and more. They pride themselves on having great service from experienced officials and super-fast shipping. Visit HockeyRefShop.com to place an order today. And I think with that, that's going to wrap up episode 96 of the Team Stripes podcast. Um, We have some big things cooking. I'm hopefully going to be able to get us a merch drop for Memorial Day weekend. Maybe throw out a little bit of a sale there on the Team Stripes store. So look out for that on our Facebook pages, all of our social media pages. And have a great week, guys. 